I'm kind of putting things out there just to trial and explore what would it be like to provide some sort of online exercise that is playful, that is about feeling good, not looking good, and that is for everybody. Play is is really important and just finding time to laugh and, and take things more lightly is fundamental. Hey you, welcome back to the show. You're listening to With a Story. I'm your host, Nicole Meliora. I'm a yoga teacher, lawyer, and conscious lifestyle advocate. And thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so glad you're here. I'm sharing this week my conversation with Claudia Colvin from Nobody's Watching, which is a silent disco dance events company. And we had a really lovely chat talking about how she founded the company her background in dance, the benefits of dancing. And I'm really excited to share this conversation because she currently has a wake up and dance challenge going on until next week on December 8th. And I'll be jumping in for a couple days this week and maybe up until the end of the challenge. So I'd love to see you there. You can sign up for the details on their website at nobodyswatching.co and you'll get an email with the link to dive in at 7.30 UK time. And it only takes about 10 minutes. It's three songs. And it's a really nice way to just wake up and, as it says, dance. And she's running that one until December 8th. And then another one starting January 2nd. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Claudia. And maybe I'll see you on one of the Wake Up and Dance Challenge mornings. See you on the other side. Bye-bye. So thanks for thanks for reaching out. Um, I I hadn't heard of your organization before, so I'm I'm excited to chat with you. I'm excited to chat with you. I'm really enjoying your podcast. Oh, thank you. Um, well, let's let's kick it off. So I I just like to start off at the moment by asking people how they're doing. So how how are you doing these days? Yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, it's kind of a a culmination of. A, stage of reflection and kind of figuring out what I want to do and now I'm starting to act on it so it's very exciting oh amazing well yeah I'm definitely hearing that that a lot so and I'm sure we'll get into that yeah and how are you I'm doing well thank you um yeah kind of the same um lots of shifts this year but also it's given me the opportunity to start this podcast which is something I've been kind of dreaming about for like three years so <laughs> so for that it's been great um so yeah so you're the founder of nobody's watching so what's the tell me what the concept is sure so the concept in in its basis is just to inspire people to dance more to dance more often and to really change the definition of what it means to be a dancer a lot of people think that being a dancer means looking really good and being coordinated and having a background in dance when actually that's just one of the definitions the other one is somebody who moves to music and everybody can do that and dancing is so good for you so I just want to let everybody know that it's really good for you and everyone can do it. So you should do it more. 
Oh, I love that. And um, well, do do you have a dance background, or does this does this come from having a dance background, or or not? And you were feeling frustrated by that. <laughs> That's an interesting question. So I do have a dance background, um, but it's in ballet, in classical ballet, which is essentially the opposite of <laughs> the concept of nobody's like free watching. Dancing. <laughs> exactly. And I remember once, uh, I think I was seventeen. I'd been doing ballet for thirteen years at that point. And we were at a relatively advanced stage and the teacher said, okay, and now freestyle. And I was just like, what? I don't know what to do now. This is terrifying. Uh, And I just couldn't do it at all. Um, But in the meantime, I had, you know, started going to clubs. And and so that sort of freestyle side of dancing um, had sort of opened a new new world to me. But I think the the conditioning of ballet had really stuck with me of, you know, it has to look good and you have to do it in a certain way. Um, And to be honest... I think it's very much coming from my mom and my grandmother who really live in this spirit of like, don't care what people think about you, just do what you want to do. Uh, And I remember when we were kids and and we used to go to, um, my mum used to pick us up from school. When we walked back home, she would opera sing in the middle of the road and me and my sister would just like walk 10 steps back and pretend to not know her. Uh, (laughs) But that's kind of, uh, I don't opera sing in the middle of the road, but I I do, you know, I've learnt to recognise how important it is to just, do what makes you happy and not care what people think about it. And that's very much the spirit of, of nobody's watching. So that's a very long answer to uh, your question. But yes, I do have a dance background, but um, this is a very different type of, of dance that I'm that I'm doing with nobody's watching. So that's that's the focus rather than ballet. Yeah. No, that's great. So you founded it in 2017, is that right? That's right. And it really started from scratching my own itch, um, which was that I love to dance. And (laughs) I was having uh, less and less opportunities to dance. Uh, I was at, I think, how old was I? 27? Um, I was 27 and I just wasn't really clubbing. Um, I didn't enjoy clubbing anymore. I felt very much out of place. I didn't really understand the music. Uh, and just I didn't really want to make a huge night out out of everything. I, I was working and focusing on other things. So I really, really missed dancing. Uh, and I just couldn't find spaces where I could dance in that sort of have fun, be silly you have lots of rooms to do your your silly crocodile T-Rex moves. <laughs> um, and, and I was missing that. Uh, and so I went to a festival called Yesterval. Uh, and uh, they had silent disco as one of the activity options in the morning. It was like literally wake up and dance. It was at 7.30. Uh, and I just loved it so much. It was an hour of complete freestyle dancing. Uh, nobody was judging and it was very liberating the music was fun and uh by the end of it I was in you know I had sweated so much it was such a great (laughs) cardio activity but my my mood was um so much more elevated compared to just going for a run or or regular exercise and I just thought like wow okay this is this is the thing that's been missing from my life so I went back to London and I tried to find silent disco events in that format and I just couldn't find Mm -hmm. anything um so then I thought okay that's 
that's what I'm going to do. So that's where I got the idea of Nobody's Watching from. And it's in its original format. Uh, it's uh, a silent disco dancing workout. So it's freestyle. There's something about the headphones that makes it easier to dance. There's actually been some research that is that is coming out recently about um, the impact of wearing or not wearing headphones on the freedom of movement and how likely people are to um, to engage, which is very interesting. Uh, but it so very much. That? Yeah. Do you have an idea what what that is exactly? Like, because I would have thought it was the opposite. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because sometimes people wonder, oh, but doesn't it make you feel isolated if you have the headphones? Um, so this is what I've experienced myself, but also the feedback that I've got from a lot of people who have come to the events. And it's that fact, um, there's something about the physical sensation of the headphones around your ears that give you this feeling of being kind of cupped and protected and it creates mm -hmm. this sort of safe bubble sensation. Like a cocoon, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So the safety of that space makes you feel, uh, it removes your inhibition, so it makes you dance more. But because through silent disco, there are other people who are hearing the same thing that you're hearing from their little cocoon, um, you can connect with them through that. And so it, it has this sort of um, dual nature of, you know, being isolating and safe, but at the same time being connecting that, that just for whatever reason makes it easier to, to dance and express yourself. And this is something that so one of the research pieces that has been done was done in the context of a care home. Uh, where they tried some dance exercises with uh, with seniors with and without headphones and the engagement. So it was something like, you know, lift your arm up and put it down, very simple things. But the response was something, I can't remember the exact stats, but it, it was something like 60% higher with the headphones. It was mm, you know, very statistically different. So um, yeah, there's something very that cool. is worth exploring, I think. Yeah, I guess that there's kind of, somewhat of a noise cancelling effect with the external it kind of tunes out a little bit of the external mm. so even if you're connecting because you're listening to the same thing but you're kind of yeah more inward as opposed to like oh what are they doing what are they thinking yeah exactly yeah so cool so obviously we're in a pandemic uh, yeah <laughs> so well I want to talk about how you've transitioned to what you're doing now but I, I just want to talk a little bit about what um a nobody's watching event looked like you know mm -hmm. pre-covid days so what 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 kind of events were were you guys doing what what did a, a typical event look like yeah so it sort of evolved uh, from, you know, the first time I did it to how, how I was running it later. Initially, it was just one hour, two playlists. Uh, people came, I would do a little intro, explain the concept, give them the headphones, put on the music, and that was it. Just dance. And then what I realized is uh, a lot of people found that a little bit awkward because mm. effectively... It, because it was proposed as a fitness alternative, we were sober uh, and we were in a room full of people that didn't know each other. And so for a lot of people, I don't find that awkward. I could literally dance anywhere. I, I don't really care. I just dance if the music is good and, and, and that's what I need. But people needed a bit more. And so one of the first um, events I did as, as a sort of MVP 
test. Uh, I had some great feedback from one of the participants who said, uh, what's your background? And I have a background in, in peace building education and facilitation and youth work. And, and so she said, well, why don't you use those skills of, of facilitating a safe space to do something at the beginning to remove that awkwardness? And so mm. that was then how, how the event slightly changed in format. And so from then onwards for, for the remaining two and a half, three years, I ran them as a um, sort of facilitated part for the first 10, 15 minutes, and then the rest was freestyle. But the warm-ups that I did were effectively sort of small activities to give people the permission to look ridiculous uh, Mm -hmm. and to instill that sense of um, you can do whatever you want and have fun with it and, and nobody cares. Yeah, uh, yeah. I would just do things like some of them would just be very simple, silly dance routines, often inspired by maybe a music video, um, like you know Beyonce single ladies, uh, or others would be prompts. So, for example, I would uh, based on some of the moves that I would do that got the most laughs, I would kind of um, model that. And so, just you know, for example, we would dance to Le Chic. Uh, from sort of changing characters so say okay now you're John Travolta now you're a T-Rex <laughs> uh, and so very simple silly exercises to get people in in the silly zone um, and just remove that awkwardness so that was the format. Yeah that's great because I imagine you know for a lot of people um, there's a lot of like pressure and um, mm-hmm. And like you said, around being a quote unquote dancer, whereas actually when you think about it and same with singing, both singing and dancing are things that we just do naturally as humans. Um, Like you look at little kids um, and they just have so much fun singing and dancing, even if Mm. it's nonsense. Um, And then, yeah, as we get older, it kind of becomes this thing that you can only do if you're a professional. And so for people who not necessarily coming to a specific event, but maybe who want to just incorporate that a little bit more into their day-to-day. What are kind of the, maybe some of the words you would say at the beginning of these sessions to get people to release those inhibitions and and get more comfortable? So in addition to these exercises, Mm -hmm. but how do you create that kind of safe, safe space for people to enjoy the dancing? Great question. So I would say... This is a safe space. Um, everyone who came here is here to have a good time and to have fun and to express themselves. So nobody will judge you. And if you look ridiculous, then you're doing it right. <laughs> and there's no right or wrong way of doing this because this is you dancing in whatever way inspires you and you are the only person who knows what that looks like. So you, you can't do it wrong. Amazing. Um, And so now obviously you've had to transition to kind of a different model uh, since we're not able to do in-person events. So what what is Nobody's Watching doing right now um, during the the lockdown and and during the the pandemic to keep keep these events going? It's kind of uh, that's the question that I asked myself the past few months because I didn't really have an answer to it. I tried a few different things, um, but it, yeah, it was frankly very difficult. You know, I had, I've been working on Nobody's Watching 
as a side business for for three years and ultimately the goal was to reach a point where it became my main thing and I could transition Mm -hmm. to being a full-time entrepreneur and in January of this year I well I it started from December in December I, I took a bet I took a risk I had been running the events on a monthly basis and monthly just wasn't really working out I didn't have a marketing budget and it was sort of this this awkward frequency where um, it wasn't frequent enough to give people options. People in London are very busy. Um, so even I had a, enough people who really liked it, but sometimes the date didn't work. So it just, it wasn't enough. So I thought I'm, I'm going to move to weekly. Uh, it's going to be intense, but with the right marketing partnerships, I, I secured a partnership with ClassPass and with Time Out London, I was on their offers uh, so with those partnerships, I thought I can bring lots of people in and then and see what happens. Uh, so in January, I, I launched weekly and it was going really well. It was going really well. I had sold out everything until the end of April. Oh, wow. So it was really exciting. And I also had, you know, people coming, trying it for the first time and then coming back, buying tickets for, for the following events. So uh, it, it was really a sign of, you know, I've, I've found a way to, to reach people who like this and, and to build a community and, and a group of people who have found this as their thing. Uh, and then, yeah, obviously we know what happened uh, in March. <laughs> so it, it took a while for me to just um, process that. Um, initially I was actually quite ahead of the government in terms of canceling my events. I, my family's in Italy, um, as you know, Italy was, was hit by the pandemic mm. before the day and speaking to my family, I just realized how bad it was. And I, I canceled everything from the 11th of March wow. and, uh, I immediately pivoted to online dance parties, but I think because of all the, um, just the the awfulness really of the situation people who were losing their jobs and um I didn't and also yeah not really knowing how long it was going to last um and yeah I had no idea the only thing I knew is I don't want this to stop me from singing and dancing and in fact singing and dancing is going to keep me and a whole lot of other people sane through this Mm. horrible moment so I just scheduled some online dance parties where I was basically doing the same thing, but a little bit shorter. And then, yeah, in my live events, you can pick a playlist. So usually I have 70s and 80s on one channel, 90s and noughties on the other. You can't really do that on Zoom. So I just had one playlist. Uh, And I did a bunch of online dance parties. It was fun. Um, Initially, there was so much interest. I remember that the first one I did had like 100 people connected on Zoom. I have no idea how they found out of it. It just kind of went viral. (laughs) Uh, And then as time went by, interest started decreasing. Uh, And this is something that I know a lot of people who did online dance parties started seeing. Um, Mm -hmm. Just the the weight of the situation became... uh, became unbearable for many and and people just started going inwards and just focusing on um introspection and speaking to to very close intimate friends and family and and not really wanting to do much else Uh, and it kind of came around a time where um I I moved to Belgium this summer um and so I, I sort of just took a break for the summer to think about the future and um 
yeah, so I've, I've come back now with uh, something that I launched on Monday uh, of last week. So Monday, the 9th of November. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So that's, um, what, is, what was it? Uh, Wake Up and Dance. Yeah. Um, that you started, yeah, November 9th. Last, last Was it last week, the week before? Yes. Yeah, so tell me about that. Exactly. So um, one of the things that I was exploring in the summer um, was... I wanted to think of a way, you know, I, at some point I will go back to silent disco events. I don't know when that will be, but that's, that's still close Hopefully to my Hopefully soon. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I wanted to find something that I could do online uh, that was meaningful and that was something that wasn't, um, that didn't exist already because there were a lot of people who were doing online dance parties. So I wasn't super interested in furthering that just because there's a lot of other people doing that. And it just felt mm. like adding to the noise. Yeah. Um, one of the things I noticed was I've been using a lot of fitness apps. I've tried lots of different ones and I haven't really found something that completely resonated with me in terms of having a playful, um, essence to their brand mm-hmm. um and having a sort of do this to feel good not to look good motivation um and so and also from a diversity perspective effectively a lot of the instructors are kind of um young sort of white very women. <laughs> exactly like <laughs> basically skinny white women or pumped yeah. white guys uh, who are yeah. young and there's just really not a lot of variety in terms of who is teaching and so that means that with no representation it's quite likely that people who don't look like that are going into the apps and thinking uh and and leaving and so that's that's something on my mind uh, and so i'm i'm kind of putting things out there just to trial and explore what would it be like to provide some sort of online um exercise that is playful that is about feeling good not looking good and that is for everybody uh and so part of what i'm doing is i'm I, i'm going to launch a podcast in january um oh, where i really want to bring together because there are so many uh, fitness founders who are not your average fitness founder, uh, and who are doing really incredible things. And they're not just not very visible in, in the Mm. mainstream fitness industry. Oh, fantastic. That'll be super interesting. Um, yeah, there's just so many incredible, inspiring people. So I want to interview them to make them more visible. Um, and just start to explore what what would it look like if we all came together um to to do something that that is an alternative and um and I thought this this wake up and dance challenge would be a, a good way to start it's sort of very um it's very easily accessible it's three songs in the morning um I'm always very sweaty by the end I sort of specifically <laughs> songs that have a fast uh, a fast pace with a certain number of beats per minute um, so that it's a good cardio workout uh, and you can do it in two ways so there's a mailing list that every day sends you three the three songs of the day to dance to uh, and some people are doing it offline from you know in, in their own time at home uh, and then f- some people want to do it as part of a community so we do it every morning at 7 30 uk time on zoom Nice. Um, which actually is 8 30 for me and by that time I've I've already been awake for 90 minutes so <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
so that's it's such idea. a good way to wake up though it really is and that's kind of how it's it started by accident when I was going to the kitchen I'd just woken up and you know sometimes on your phone it kind of has a little icon and something that you haven't closed and I sort of accidentally pressed play on Spotify uh, and it just started go shorty it's your birthday and I was like, yeah so I just started dancing and then it, it, songs came on loop and I, I just danced three songs and by the end of it I was in such a great mood and I was in in a really good mood for the rest of the day um so I tried it again the next day and I tried it again the next day and I just thought okay well um I know everyone's talking about meditating and journaling and whatever in the morning and actually this is the best thing I've I've tried so far uh, and not to say that you know there isn't value in meditation and journaling and all those other things but this is the number one thing that has uh, that has improved my day the most so I'm going to keep doing this and I'm going to tell other people about it because this is great and people should know yeah 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 so good so you're doing it is it just um weekday mornings so it's um the wake up and dance challenge is a 30-day experiment so it happens every okay. day the zoom side of it is only on weekdays I just didn't want to commit to waking up at a certain time on weekends <laughs> yeah fair enough <laughs> and so that'll be until that will be December until 9th. December I think December 8th is the is the 30th and last day cool um well I'll have to uh I'm gonna think I'm gonna drop in and try yeah. it out because uh, I also love a little little morning boogie um um but I I, I join in my pajamas and I encourage other people to do the same. I really want it to be the opposite of an Instagram workout, um, you know, unfiltered, no makeup, um, just pure joyful. Like roll out of bed. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe put some clothes on if you sleep. Yes. Not in your yes absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, just joyful, unfiltered morning dancing. And I'm starting that again on the 2nd of January, if anyone has uh, has missed and wants to. Wants oh, to amazing. Love it. Um, so do you have a favorite song uh, that you like to dance to in the morning or just dance to in general? Oh, it's a great question. It really, um, it's so hard for me to pick a favorite song. I think it depends a lot on the moment. I have stages. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there was a stage where it was Depeche Mode. I just can't get enough. And I just, I would dance to that every morning. And, and it was <laughs> that was in today's playlist, actually. Um yeah, it really depends. Before I was doing it as a sort of challenge with more people, I was kind of, because I quite often wake up singing a, you know, with a song stuck mm. in my head. Um, and and quite often that would be what guided my choice of what I would dance to that morning. So yeah, it, it really, really depends. Fair enough. <laughs> Makes sense. Um so I wanted to switch gears a little bit because mm-hmm. um, there's some of some things you've touched on uh, as we've talked about. Nobody's watching around the your journey of entrepreneurship. So yeah, so since you've founded in 2017, so you've been at it for uh, a few years now. What would you say are some of kind of the key lessons or takeaways from your journey so far with starting it and you know everything kind of the ups and downs you've been through so far Mm. yeah that's an interesting question I think the biggest thing I've learned is the importance of having other people 
to talk to about it. I started Nobody's Watching as a sole founder and it, there are moments, I know, you know, everyone I spoke to before I started the company, um, yeah, because b- before founding it, I just spoke to a lot of entrepreneurs to s- sort of ask for advice and um, see if they had any tips and anything I could prepare for. And every single one of them would talk about the highs and the lows and um, the importance of preparing yourself for the lows. And I think there's just no matter how many people tell you to prepare for the lows, when a low hits you, you just kind of forget all the advice you received <laughs> because you're, you're like, why me? <laughs> <laughs> you're just so um, sunk into the deep hole of the low that you kind of forget about everything else. And in those moments, having somebody else to help you come out of the low to give you perspective is so important um and so yeah especially if you're starting as a sole founder it's it's really crucial to think about okay I'm a sole founder but who is around me that knows me well who is close to me that that I can talk to who knows what's happening and and can help me uh and so for example my um boyfriend and also my number one uh customer uh rick he's so great uh shout out to rick uh <laughs> he came to my to an event in may of 2019 and since then came to everything i did uh, and they were the two people who pushed me to go weekly uh because i i was in um i was just very sort of doubting what I'd built uh and feeling like wow you know it's such a struggle to get people to come to this monthly and maybe I should give up uh and Rick was really the one who who said no this is great look at the reviews that you have because yeah I'd I'd been collecting for for many years um just this really long list of five-star reviews on Facebook on design my night uh and and so he he was saying don't don't throw this away this is the fact that people aren't coming doesn't mean it's not good or doesn't mean people want it it's just people don't know it exists and you're not giving people enough opportunities uh and so that that was the first conversation and then the other one was and I think this is something that might not be relevant to everyone but I know is relevant to um especially people with um a certain personality type, uh, which is sort of very, very creative and has a lot of ideas. Something I struggle a lot with is, and it, it seems strange to see, I, I str- to say struggle with, but I just think everything is so interesting. And so <laughs> I find it difficult to do one thing and stick to mm. it. Uh, because yes. there's always the new thing and the new thing and the new thing and this other thing and all of them are interesting. And so at the time I was translating my grandmother's recipe book. So my, my grandmother is Italian and both her and my grandfather had restaurants as family businesses. And so she's collected them into a little book and I was translating it from Italian into English. Oh, wow. And I, I was really um, enjoying that and thinking about well maybe I should do more of this and I should really work on the book and I I was sort of um whilst nobody's watching was seemed a little bit uncertain uh I was very excited about that because it was I think yeah 
projects are always more exciting when they're at the new stage and you haven't put it out yet mm. out there yet new and shiny yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> very. oh it's getting hard now maybe I should do something else <laughs> yeah exactly and so my boyfriend was really the the person who encouraged me to not focus on the negative of this is so hard but focus on the positive of look at all the feedback you've got and look how much you um look how happy you are when you come back from an event and you you know it's too soon to give up try it one more time and so yeah. that that was the decision of, of moving to weekly so I think yeah the number one thing is just knowing um having those other people there who can who have your back and who can encourage you and and just sort of push you that one step further because even if you feel like you've tried everything, it's very likely that you've only tried 2% of the things. So yeah. just yeah. stick to it and keep going. Don't quit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually saw that there was a quote from some CEO. I can't, I think it was like a big company or maybe not. Anyways, he said, um, he gets always questions about, you know, what's the secret to success, to his success. And he says, oh, he just said, I didn't quit. <laughs> Yeah, like, it's that's cool. literally it. And and that is really the number one thing that I got from all the talks that I went to and, and listening to people's journeys. And it usually just comes down to that. You know, there's a moment where you you have enough evidence to be able to quit and say and and not feel too bad about it. Um and some people quit and, and some people don't. And, and that's really what it comes down to. And it's yeah. not to say that that time that you don't quit, then everything goes great because it, you know, it can still continue to not go great and not work and need to try another thing. And, you know, you, you just never know what's going to happen, but staying yeah. focused yeah. is, is really key and continuing to move forward is really key and not being distracted by the new shiny thing that at some point, if you put further along the line will also become the hard thing that you might want to quit. <laughs> Is yeah, important. exactly. <laughs> totally. So you, um, I was just thinking you have, so you have, you're doing this on the side in addition to having a full-time job. And I imagine obviously, you know, doing these sessions probably gives you a lot of joy, but you also have to, you're also kind of holding space for other people uh, and bringing a lot of your own energy. So you have to kind of replenish yourself. Um, so I'm curious what, what are some things other than dancing that are bringing you joy and comfort these days and that are keeping your your spirits up mm, definitely my relationships so my my relationship with my partner my friendships my family I just get so much energy from talking to people and remembering things um to that you know will make them happy and just making mm. time for that um play play is so important so making time for being silly, for laughing, uh, you know, me and my boyfriend play a lot of silly games um, and we're both quite competitive. So, you know, <laughs> even like a simple game of Uno can turn into <laughs> uh, a very uh, fun thing to do just because of like tricks we play on each other and, you know, just putting down a random nine and seeing if the other person will notice it's not a six. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, play is is really important, and just finding time to laugh and and take things more lightly is 
fundamental. And I, I don't think as adults, we necessarily make enough time for that. Uh, and then the third one is learning. I have always been obsessed with learning things. I have um, almost always been on some kind of course or learning experience, and I've qualified for quite um, a variety of things from English teacher to aerobics instructor. Uh, wow. So at the moment, I'm having a lot of fun on masterclass. Uh, yes, I really want to get masterclass. Um, which which class are you doing right now? Um, I have done all sorts. I've done a lot of the cooking ones. I'm a huge fan of Ottolenghi. I was very excited when I saw there's an Ottolenghi, uh, an Ottolenghi course. I play the yes. ukulele not very well, uh, and there's a uh, there's a new masterclass on that. Um, oh wow! Okay, cool. I write. Um, I love writing uh, poetry and um, and short essays. So I've been taking a few of those. I love drawing. So um, that one is actually. I also do Skillshare. Um, so there's some great drawing uh, classes on Skillshare. So it's just kind of any creative interest and hobby and and making time for that. Yes, love it. I'm also on Skillshare and I love. And I'm also just like nonstop learning learning things. I love. I love it. It. Uh, I find yeah, it just keeps you. It just keeps things fresh, you know. It's like there's just you could there's a never ending amount of things you can learn about. Um, so yeah, that's great. Love the, love those tips. So I like to the last question that I like to ask people is uh, what would you call this chapter in the story of your life? Oh, I'd either call it new beginnings, or I'd call it wake up and dance. <laughs> yes <laughs> nice <laughs> I love it says quite a few people have tied it obviously because they're like entrepreneurs they've tied it into the name or something of their of their business so that's yeah that totally makes sense um so yeah wake up and dance so uh if people want to get involved with the challenge or you know keep up with uh what's going on with nobody's watching where can they connect with you and with um the the organization yeah, so you can find us at nobodyswatching.co. Um, the easiest way to find that is just Googling Nobody's Watching Wake Up and Dance Challenge and it will come up. I am not very active on social media, so if you follow me on Instagram, you will probably find it quite disappointing. There's just a bunch of photos <laughs> from me going on nature walks, and that's kind of uh, all I share. It's uh, probably but, better that way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I do. Um, I'm I'm starting to write more in uh, in the blog of Nobody's Watching, uh, so you can find tips on if you want to start your own online dance party. There's there's a blog page on that, and then uh, from January, uh, you'll find me on the podcast uh, where I interview your not your average fitness founder, uh, and so you can learn about the very inspiring people who are doing different things different things in the fitness space through there. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so we'll keep a lookout for that for the title well yeah. thank you so much claudia it's been so lovely chatting with you and learning more about you and nobody's watching i will definitely hop on at least one of the morning dance parties during the challenge so i'll, I'll see you there and if you don't mind there was just one final thing i wanted to plug oh yes uh, absolutely i'm writing a book about uh the positive impact of dance to really Amazing. show especially that side of um, dance which is the sort of freestyle non-choreographed 
aspect of dancing. So if there's anyone listening who has a great story about, for example, overcoming the fear of dancing or generally getting a lot of value from dancing in that dance to feel good, not to look good kind of way. I mean, it can also look good, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but just really focusing on that positive impact of freestyle dancing and, and having fun and using it to express yourself. Um, I'd love to um, hear from them. I'm just looking for as many stories as possible um, to help uh, bring that book into, into shape. So if anyone wants to reach out with a story, you can email me at hello at nobodyswatching.co. Awesome. Great. Um, yeah, so yeah, if anyone has testimonials like that, please re- go ahead and reach out to Claudia and we'll look forward to seeing the book coming out. Do you know when it's going to be coming out or not yet? Not yet, no. I'm in the um, collecting data and putting the structure in place. So my goal is to have it finished by the end of next year. Okay, great. So lots of lots of things to, to watch out for from, from nobody's watching. Amazing. Thank you so much, Claudia. Thank you. It was great to talk to you. Thank you for listening to this episode with Claudia Colvin from Nobody's Watching. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and I hope you're able to jump in on one of the Wake Up and Dance morning challenges. I would love to see you there either this month in December or maybe in the new year in January. And I will see you next week. Have a good one. Bye.